Big news out of Los Angeles. Magic Johnson resigning as the president of the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll break it all down. Dirk announces his retirement. Dwayne Wade's last game in Miami. We have all of it here for you. And we recap the night of action. 11 games in the association. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you need to know about the NBA. And my goodness, there was a whole lot last night. As a reminder, you can get the Locked On NBA podcast on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On NBA. On Wednesday, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Yeah, and I am Nick Engstead. I am at Nick Van Exit on Twitter. I am the host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. You can find me there as well as on YouTube. I do breakdown videos for free Dawkins. Nick, thanks for jumping on kind of last minute. And this is going to be fun because we get to start the show talking about just the train wreck that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson out of nowhere holding an impromptu press conference before the end of the regular season saying he's retired or retired, resigning as the president of basketball operations for the Lakers. Yeah, basically just retiring at this point, partially because he just wants to have fun and doesn't sound like he likes this job. What's the tweet? He basically just wants to tweet is what he came out and said. Uh, I'll preface I'll preface this by saying I grew up as a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I was born in L.A. Uh, I I love the Lakers. I have a Magic Johnson jersey literally hanging on my wall to my right. And this is the most ridiculous thing that has ever happened in the history of the franchise. So on the jump today, Ramona Shelburne gets on and says that Magic Johnson and Luke Walton haven't spoken for weeks. And we all thought that that meant that Luke Walton was, was going to be fired, that this, this meant bad news for Luke. It actually meant bad news for Magic, that Magic <laughs> hadn't talked to Luke in weeks. I don't know how long he has, he's, it's been since he's talked to Jeannie. And now he just, he's, like you said, he's walked up in front of everybody, a media scrum, told everybody that, that he's leaving, he's stepping down. He said that he didn't even tell Jeannie Buss. He said, I couldn't tell her face to face. That's the wild part. Like, but there's but the a day way before, to be professional he said, about it. He said he had a three-hour meeting with her about the direction of the team the day before. Yeah, so he, he had a three-hour <laughs> meeting with Jeannie and Polinka, and they yeah. didn't get the sense that he was going to quit. I think he got together, it sounded like, with LeBron and maybe Rich Paul and others the last yes. week, and they had no inclination that he's going to quit. They're just planning for the future, which is all they can do at this point. And then, boom, he decides he wants to resign. It was great because Woj tweeted out saying that, you know, Luke Walton and their coaching staff was convinced they were going to get fired at the end of the season. And it sounds like they were, especially if you go by they haven't talked in a while. And by talked in a while, it means Magic hasn't yelled at Luke Walton for not being the coach he thought he was going to be for a little while. And then instead of Walton being fired, Magic stumbles into resigning. Like, I, I try and I was struggling to comprehend the concept of someone stumbling into resigning from their job. And then you look at this timeline of the Lakers. It's like, oh, that's how you do it. 
Well, the thing about Magic Johnson is, is he doesn't need this. I can't remember who was saying it on TV today, but like he has so many other business ventures. Like he, this, he doesn't need this. He doesn't need this all this pressure in his life. He doesn't need all these people coming at him on Twitter, coming at him probably face to face. Probably people saying, "Well, we want the Lakers to be back." You know, him him going to these. Rich, whatever rich people do, I guess rich people cocktail parties, or I'm not part of this. I'm Fundraisers part of this and stuff. things like that. Yeah, all, yeah, all the uh, the movers and shakers get together, or Dodgers games, or wherever he is. He shows up to these, and and people are like, "Hey, Lakers got ha- got to have those Lakers come back. When are we gonna make the playoffs again?" And coming at him and and asking, "Hey, why'd you trade Zubac?" And he's like, "I don't know why I traded Zubac." Just going <laughs> back and forth. And I bet he just got sick of it, all the tampering stuff. He couldn't talk about a player. He couldn't even mention a player. He couldn't even talk to Ben Simmons. That was one thing that he mentioned he said in that, yeah. his press conference that he you know, was excited to get to mentor players again. And he was just like, I don't need this, and just literally walked away. Just like, you know, <laughs> a crazy, a crazy big, huge celebrity that he is. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need this in his life. And so he just walked away. And now he's he's there at the game clapping and it's around. so weird. Like, oh, he, just it's hanging one out. Of the weirdest, one of the weirdest things, Bill Orham tweeted this out. He said, nearly two hours after he spontaneously stepped on stepped to the podium. He was still talking to media, by the way. It was like two hours, like a, the longest press conference ever. A door leading to the loading dock swung open. A cold wind whipped through Staples Center, and Magic Johnson said, bye, for good this time. And then he walked He walked to the parking garage, and he was waiting for Jeannie Buss to show up to the parking garage. So like, and she, like a, and she didn't show up to the game because she wasn't coming. He didn't even know. So, like, wait, did just the door like magically open, and he just saw a door and was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go through that, and just like walked out. And he just walked out, and <laughs> he went to the parking lot to go see if Jeannie Bus was gonna be there, and, and she wasn't. He, yeah, and she wasn't coming anyway. Like that was pre-planned. It's, what do you think she's thinking right now? Because she hires him. The whole thing about hiring Magic Johnson was that Jerry Buss's dying wish was that Magic and Genie would run the team. And now all and she's been, you know, going to bat for him and going to bat for Luke and trying to balance both of these things. And now all of a sudden he just steps down out of nowhere. Like what what position does he put her in now? You know, so my initial reaction other than wow and this is hilarious because this is it's funny that it's happening to the Lakers was this is good for them. They needed this because he sounds like he's been an absentee GM, president of basketball operations, whatever his role is with there, where, you know, he he got stuck in Hawaii in an emergency bunker when they had that fake missile thing that was going to hit the island when he should have been working. That was on like a Wednesday. You know, if you're running a team, you probably don't need to be in Hawaii during that time. And it's just like this is how it got found out. He's just not been there taking care of what needs to be taken care of. So if you're the Lakers, while this is embarrassing and annoying and it kind of puts maybe the hero of your franchise in a bad light, this is good because now you can bring in someone to really properly run this team and kind of fix your infrastructure from top to bottom. Yeah, this is this is the whole thing about about Phil Jackson when he was running the Knicks too is that he he wasn't doing the day to day stuff. He wasn't the guy that would fly to a random country in Eastern Europe and scout the guy in a random gym. Like he wouldn't he he wasn't that guy, or you know scouting somebody in the G League or going to a random college here or there scouting guys and you know just doing like little day to day things like that. And Magic Johnson wasn't going to do that either. He's always going to be the figurehead. And then he put Rob Blinken in charge of all the day to day stuff. And apparently, according to that Bill Orham story on the Athletic today that was really really good. Uh, Rob Palinka was like micromanaging the coaches and going in, and they had these scouting reports that they would give to players, and they were like these scouting report sheets. And, and 
Polinka was like, no, you shouldn't present these sheets in this way. You have to do it this way. And do, he yeah, changed, do, like, it, the do whole, it another way. Which... Yeah, he changed like the whole format of it. And the, the coaching staff was like, why are you like micromanaging this very small, insignificant detail? No, it's it, like, yeah, exactly. And then what? Uh, Kurt Rambis got on the plane and freaked the coaching staff out because he had never been around. And it's like, why is he here? Like, this is just a mess. And this gives you an excuse to clean house without saying that this is like my fault of failure. You can pin this on magic if you want. Jeannie Buss put out a statement that was very short saying nothing but positive things and how she should have handled this. But now you can fire Polinka. You can probably fire or keep Walton if you want. Probably fire him at this point and just go, cool. Polinka and Magic were a package thing. He's not here anymore. You're out. Let's get someone else in. Probably, you know, they should they should already have David Griffin on the phone and make him whatever kind of offer he wants and introduce him tomorrow. They clearly are cool with having press conferences at last minutes. And, like, that's what they need to do because it gives you an escape to get out of this thing that's been a disaster and just hasn't worked. Yeah, I mean they've done some good things though. They they drafted Kuzma, they drafted Hart. They you know I guess Lonzo was was an okay pick at this point. He's been injured a lot, but I mean they they've done something. They obviously you know set it all up for them to get LeBron without the without the trades that they make. You know the Russell trade always gets killed, but at the time it wasn't as bad, and it did set up the Lakers. You know, with the the cap space that they needed to get yeah, LeBron, that's a good point. They, they they bring in LeBron. So they did a couple of good things. It wasn't it wasn't like. You know, this is the Ernie Grunfeld firing where he's finally like, oh, my gosh, after all these terrible things. <laughs> yeah, 16 they did years do, too late. <laughs> yeah, they did do a ton of, of, of bad things, too. Uh, the the trade th- this summer, the the whole dealing with the Anthony Davis trade, no trade kind of deal was was all kind of messed up. And yep, man, they, they, they need a guy that, that knows what they're doing in there. I think this is this is a franchise that just is in such a situation that is so. It's so fragile right now, the way that the Lakers are, because they have uh, that whole situation with Anthony Davis trade where that didn't happen, by the way, <laughs> that with with LeBron on one side of it and then the whole rest of the team on the other not trusting LeBron now at this point. And now they now this new regime, whichever front office person takes over this, whether it's David Griffin or whoever, they come in and now they have they have some cap space. They have some some assets here and there and they can can make huge moves like this they have these massive decisions in front of them and a very small window to do it because lebron's you know contract is what does he have only two more years and then an option on that and he's aging you know we saw him have the biggest injury of his career so far this is this is a a job that uh, apparently a lot of people are going to line up to to want to have but you have to make some huge decisions really quickly yeah, but it, but it, I think it is an appealing position, and and Magic was like, yeah, tons of people are going to call Genie over this, and it's like, yeah. this dude needs to stop talking about people calling people because this is how they <laughs> end up with a lot of fines and in tampering situations. And I'm, look, I'm also happy for Magic that he can tamper to his heart's content now because it's very clearly something he wanted to do. In this, he was like, I felt bad about the Ben Simmons situation because I look like a bad guy when I was just trying to mentor a player, a player on another team when you run the Lakers and this guy isn't yours. And it was like, dude just wants to talk to people. Then you were saying it, he just doesn't need this in his life, but this is an appealing job. They have LeBron. That's a big draw. They have a bunch of cap space. That's a draw. They have some young assets that maybe are appealing to the right team. I think, and you can turn that around and build at least a, a, a playoff contender in the West. I would assume for next season as long, I don't know, maybe as long as they just get some shooters around LeBron instead of playmakers and have LeBron play off the ball. But 
you know, there's going to be tons of talk about this over the next couple of weeks because it is a huge monumental shift for the Lakers and with the league as a whole. Best way to learn more about this is going to be listening to Anthony Irwin and the Locked On Lakers podcast. You can oh, listen man. and subscribe through the Himalaya podcast app as well as wherever you get your podcast from. Going to be a great way to keep up with one of the bigger stories in the NBA. All right, so it was a busy night of action. Some of these games have playoff implications and standings. Yeah, there was basketball games. Yeah, there were other things going on around all of this. So we're going to run through the scores here and everything you need to know about the night because there were 11 games. You didn't watch it all. We did. That's why we call this the too long didn't watch. Starting with the uh, Charlotte Hornets beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, 124-97 in this one. Uh, There's nothing of note in this, is there? Charlotte stays alive. Charlotte stays alive in the playoff race. They're they're right in there. They're a game behind the uh, Detroit Pistons at this point, and uh, they're still a shot. I mean, there's like an outside chance at least. That's the the big thing. Like they had to win this, obviously. Yes, yeah, they they have to stay in this. And if they don't make the playoffs, do they lose Kemba automatically? Maybe that's the the story with the Hornets at the end of this. They might be losing him. Anyway, speaking of Kemba, 23 points on the night, seven assists, doing what he can to keep them alive and and keep it going for the Charlotte Hornets here. Next up, you had Memphis taking on Detroit. The Pistons win 100 to 93. Memphis fielded, I think, a G League team in this (laughs) one and were up 22 on Detroit before they furiously come back in the fourth quarter. Good job on Memphis for only scoring 14 points in the fourth and keeping their tank alive. Yeah, we, we laugh at Memphis for their team, and the Mavericks just played a home-and-home, home, so I was very intimately watching those those two terrible games against those teams. Watching DeLon Ray get two triple-doubles in a row was, was very fascinating <laughs> to watch. But the, the Pistons, they, they started Bruce Brown and Wayne Ellington, and their team is, is just so interesting to me, uh, You know how they, they start their team, how they play their team with those two bigs. And they're, st- they're right there with the Hornets for that eighth spot in the playoffs. They're, they're right in there, and... They uh, are vying for a spot to get destroyed by the Bucks. Yeah, uh, Blake Griffin, just five points in this one, left early with injury. We're going to see if that's anything they need to worry about. But again, they're in the playoffs right now, so their hopes are a little bit alive. Moving on, we've got Boston at the Wizards, 116-110 for Boston. They kind of score a much-needed victory there, even though I think they were down. They were down big in this one, 21 points, before turning it on in the fourth quarter for the Celtics kind of a good scoring effort overall they had seven guys in double figures in this one led by Terry Rozier kind of being the hero for him yeah they didn't really play anybody they 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 you know started Semi Ojale, Gershon Yabuselli, Robert Williams uh the Time Lord Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier they're uh it was a much needed win for them but they're really resting guys they're getting ready for the playoffs and uh the Wizards were just lucky to be in this one Yeah, and the Wizards don't even want to be winning basketball games right now at all. I think certain certain teams are going to be tanking pretty hard. They certainly are going to be one of them. One of the two games we'll talk about in the next segment here, though, the Miami Heat taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, 122-99 in favor of the Heat. It was always going to be a game like this, right? Yeah, Dwayne Wade's last game. We'll uh, we'll get to some of that stuff later. Um, you have no Joel Embiid. Without Embiid, basically the Sixers are like the Lakers with LeBron. Yeah, kind of. That's a my little that's bit. that's my hot take. They're, that's that's their team because they have all these 
weird weaknesses and they they do have some star power. They have guys that can do things here and there. But they just don't have that that thing to put them over the hump. So Dwayne Wade, 30 points on the night. That's going to be a bit of a theme, that number coming up here in a moment. Then you had a game we don't really need to talk about at all. <laughs> Knicks beat the, the, the Bulls, 96-86. We can move on. Then we've got Toronto. The take off. Yeah, it's just like we, we don't need that at all. We've got Toronto taking on Minnesota. 120 for the Raptors, 100 for Minnesota. Sounds like, by the way, just being tweeted out, they're going to be keeping Ryan Saunders as their head coach and Layden their GM. Yeah, good for Ryan Saunders, man, coming in, son of Flip Saunders, and uh, taking over that team, and they really loved him, and that's going to be very interesting to see his, you know, his career there and how it plays out going forward. Yeah, and then going forward, Pelicans and Warriors, the end of the Anthony Davis era, which honestly, at this point, being the Pelicans guy cannot come soon enough. This That's all, folks. Yeah, like that's all, folks, which was the shirt, if you haven't seen it, that Anthony Davis wore into the arena, even though he wasn't playing. I think everyone was ready to just kind of let this all go. He's been booed pretty heavily here in New Orleans. And then he kind of stirred it all back up. Of course, the Warriors won 112-103. And then DeMarcus Cousins taking shots after the game, too. He had 21 points in this. And as for a quote, doing his usual, I don't want to talk to the media, said, why don't you get a quote from Dell Depps? So we had like a petty game going on here in New Orleans, which is, you know what, still pretty entertaining when these type of things happen. You got to love the drama. Just a random NBA game can bring the most drama unnecessarily. Yeah, people are freaking out about a t-shirt before a meaningless game between a team that's eliminated from playoff contention and the Golden State Warriors who have the one seed locked up. And we were like riveted for parts of this. This league. (laughs) Yeah, this league. We told you all it was a really busy night in the NBA. We had another final home game for someone. I'm going to let you take this one here. Yeah, final home game for Dirk Nowitzki. We didn't know it. We had, you know, been kind of like jumbling around, dancing around this all season that it could be his last home game. It could be his last game here or there. He finally announces it in an awesome you know, uh, uh, post-game tribute that, that the Mavericks gave to Dirk and that he came up and said, this is my last home game. We'll talk about all the stuff that happened. But in this game, the Mavericks do pull out the win, uh, a win that their fans didn't really want except for the fact that it was Dirk's last game. Luka Doncic has the quietest triple-double in NBA history, 21 points, 16 rebounds, 11 assists. And the man, Jamal Crawford. The 51, legend. 51 points, the oldest player ever to score 50 points, and uh, nobody really cared about it. <laughs> about it at all Jimmer Fredette also getting some time this game got absolutely torched by Dirk which is one of the more hilarious videos that I've posted on Twitter so you can go check it out there <laughs> and then we've got the Utah Jazz beating the Denver Nuggets 118-108 Denver kind of in a weird spot where they're kind of jockeying for playoff position but what seed do they want to get to set up their future kind of resting guys also maybe losing a little bit on purpose Nikola Jokic in this game fouling out after just 16 minutes of action he had two points on the night that's an effective way to kind of hide that you want to probably lose <laughs> I guess I, I do think they have a hard time playing the playing Utah. And uh, so for them, if they get the, let's see, if they get the second seed, they're playing the Spurs maybe, or the, the yeah, they're probably playing either the Spurs or the Clippers. Or the Clippers. And they, yeah. And then if they get the third seed, they're definitely playing the Thunder. So they probably want to duck the Thunder, um, but they, they probably wouldn't duck the Thunder. So I don't know why they would lose in this game. Um, I think it was one of those ones where weird. 
you didn't know what the outcome of Houston OKC was going to be. That and if it true. didn't go to a crazy last second shot, which we're going <laughs> to hit on in a moment here, like this looks like a smart loss for them because yeah. OKC basically got out of playing the Warriors in the first round on that shot. So it was kind of weird. Also, I, I think a lot of people are kind of out on them doing damage in the playoffs. So they're just happy to get in. It's no big deal doing what they can to at least game the system a little bit for the jazz though, Donovan Mitchell in 36 minutes of action, 46 points on 26 shots. He is just electric. They're going to be annoying in the playoffs. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, they're going to go as far as he can take them. Rudy Gobert holding it down in the paint. And uh, man, that is a team that you just do not want to play. I think Zach Lowe recently said, or, or somebody recently said that the, uh, the Nugget or the the Jazz could beat the Warriors if they had to pick a team that the that could be the Jazz just because they play their style they can hit shots they can you know make plays they play some tenacious defense and they're just a dangerous team that right now they're they're slotted to play Portland and that's that could be a sweep. Yeah, look, Portland doesn't do too well in the playoffs. We saw this last year too, so where they were the higher seed and lost. So you, you just never know how that kind of thing's going to go. We've got the Lakers taking on Portland right now. It's actually tied at 87 when we're recording this. But again, this game doesn't really matter. So we're going to skip that too and get to the way more interesting game, which was Houston taking on OKC, Oklahoma City winning on a Crazy three-pointer by Paul George with about a minute, or not a minute, a second and a half left in this game. James Harden at the line misses a free throw, which would have given Houston a three-point lead. I think, what, Westbrook grabbed the rebound, sprints down, or someone else did, got it to Westbrook. He gets kind of double-teamed a little bit, makes a pass to Paul George in the corner who hits the shot. Okay, and then Houston got a pretty decent look from James Harden in this one to try and win the game, but it just didn't happen, and this is a massive result for Oklahoma City, who now moves up to, I think, six in the West, likely avoiding the Golden State Warriors or the Houston Rockets in the first round. Yeah, that free throw you're talking about was the only free throw Harden missed all game. He was 12 of 13 from the line. And uh, yeah, Oklahoma City, they're 48 and 33. The Spurs and the Clippers are both 47 and 34, so they're a game behind. If Oklahoma City wins their last game, then they clinch the sixth spot, and they could they could play a, a series with the Rockets if the, if Denver can hold hold up and get the second seed. So that could that could be a that'd be an awesome series for the first round in it's, this one. It, it's wild that a lot of the seeding, basically every seed other than the top seed in the West, is still up for grabs going into the final day of the regular season. So there's going to be some drama tomorrow. Russell Westbrook, 29 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds, got his final assist for that triple-double on that Paul George three-pointer. Paul George, 27 points on the night, nine rebounds for him. He was pretty good. James Harden, 39 points. 10 rebounds as well to kind of lead the efforts for there. This was a fun game, man. Like this is why the NBA is really fun at times. Yeah. You have, you have huge stars on both sides. Chris ball, still a huge figure in the NBA, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, you had Paul George dealing with some injury. He didn't shoot well in this game. He's nine of 25, but you have the, the final play is just kind of what this thunder team is. Uh, Russell Westbrook getting, you know, pushing the ball up the floor, passing the ball, getting, making a play, and, and Paul George finishing it and hitting a shot. And Paul George has been maligned for his clutch play until this past year where he's finally been hitting these shots, these game-winning shots. I think he had one against the Nets earlier this season. He has another one here. And uh, this is that's, that's their whole team. I mean, they, I'm working on a video about Russell Westbrook right now. And Westbrook and Paul George are both averaging 20 shots 
per game. They're the first two teammates to do that in 30 years since like the Denver Nuggets. I think it was like Alex English and somebody were the, the last teammates to, to both shoot 20 shots. It's just it's insane how much they need those two guys to be so good every night. Oh, every single night because it, it's weird. They've had like uh, they were strong to start and then they've really swooned late in the year. And I think part of that's some of their role players, like their role players fit those roles and are the perfect guys yeah. for that. But you just can't rely on them enough to win games because they're role players. Yeah, they can't make anything else besides what their their role is, and, th- and they work well. I mean, you have Jeremy Grant who's can be a guy that rolls to the rim and he can hit a spot up three, which is good, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to pump and drive and give you anything extra than that. Steven Adams is going to do exactly what you want him to do as a big center. And uh, then you have Terrence Ferguson, who's just, he's going to be able to hit a spot up shot and is going to be able to defend. Uh, and other than that, I mean, you have Dennis Schroeder. He takes 14 shots a game. That's, that's a decent amount. And you have no, really no one else. Their bench has become all of a sudden so thin with Nerlens Noel kind of slumping recently. You have Raymond Felton as a guard coming off the bench. I mean, Markeith Morris has not been good recently. They they really just don't have a bench at this point besides Schroeder. And so it's really, really – they really rely on Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And sometimes they come through like they did tonight, and uh, and sometimes they fall short. This They're really relying on their defense and then Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it was enough tonight in a close game, but in a seven-game series, you've got to wonder if that's going to keep up for it. So that was the night of action in the NBA all across the association. Drama, playoff seating, just silliness, a lot of fun things going on. And if you want to know everything that's going on with the NBA, make sure to get this show every day. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features added in every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So, in addition to all the craziness we saw and the actual on-court stuff, there's two Players in particular we are going to talk about because it was their final home games. This was a pretty cool night around the league. Nick, uh, so what did so it was obviously Dirk's final game. He announced it at the end there, at least for his home game. What did they do to kind of celebrate him? Because both these guys, Wade and Dirk, are people that need to be celebrated. Absolutely. Dirk, you know, spent all 21 seasons in Dallas, the longest any person has ever spent with one franchise. They did a ton during the game. Before the game, they had this huge uh, kind of, I guess, a rally or a carnival, I guess I could, you could call it. There's all these booths and stuff in front of the stadium before, and they had you know, the live one-hour post or pregame show that they did, and they brought in uh, J.J. Barea to do some stuff. He's been out with an injury, so they brought him to, uh, to talk pregame. They brought in Sean Marion. They brought in just a whole bunch of, of former you know, Mavericks greats. And, uh, man, they did a ton of stuff during the game, too. They did all these tribute videos. They did one tribute video that was by Brad Townsend of the uh, Dallas Morning News. And it was about Dirk visiting kids in the hospital. And for years and years and years, Dirk wouldn't let any media cover or even do a story about him going to the, going to the hospital and talking with kids. He wouldn't let anybody come with him. He wouldn't let anybody write a story about it. And he finally let brad townsend come with him and he said i was with him for four hours and he calls himself uncle dirk when he goes there and he, he goes to all <laughs> these kids he says uncle dirk is here and they had all these these you know it's basically like a slideshow of him with all these different kids i mean like dozens and dozens of kids with like a ukulele a guitar and like bringing a bunch of presents and wearing this mavericks you know santa hat and just doing all this crazy stuff and just talking about these kids and saying that 
you know, for some of these kids, this was the first time they'd smiled in weeks because of the, you know, the illnesses they're going through and the, the, uh, the issues. Man, it, man, it had, it had, there was no dry eye in the room, essentially. Even Dirk's, I mean, as soon as the, the video is done, they, the camera went back to Dirk. He was he was hands on his knees just at center court and you could just see his eyes were red and puffy and he was crying and man it was just it was an emotional night. On, on, I think that uh, was that the case part. like across the league you know you saw videos with Dwayne Wade some of them were ads but they were still oh. cool videos and I watched when Dirk announced that this was going to be his final home game and just him being candid and up there and you can see how much he means to that city that team and its fans and how much they all mean to him too. And when he was like, yeah, this is going to be my final home game, like I'm watching it on Twitter, almost tearing up a little bit because we've grown up watching these players and it's, it's rough to kind of see them retire, but for him to go out, what was it? 30 points, nine rebounds, I think is absolutely awesome. And what, so they're going to be keeping him around next season too, right? In some role. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Cuban has always said, and he said it again tonight that, that uh, Dirk has a job, whatever he wants to do with the Mavericks, that he's going to be able to do. Uh, so whether that's a player development role or whether that's in the front office somewhere, or community or whatever he wants to do, he can do. So he's going to be sticking around. Yeah, Dirk had 10 points in the first three minutes of this game. He was coming out. He like, was yeah, coming good. Out it should gunning. be, right? Exactly. And we, we have to – we will definitely – malign this guy on the lockdown mavericks podcast for sure we'll have all the stuff we'll have audio of everything on there um the last play of the game mikhail bridges comes over and doubles dirk on the very last play of the game so he couldn't get his shot off um get out of here get out of here mikhail bridges <laughs> with your double teams of dirk in his final home game <sighs> that made no, me very no need for that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird not having him in the league and being one of the first i don't know like real important like star foreign yeah. players in the league kind of ushered in a new era so his importance not just to the mavericks but the nba as a whole i don't think can really be overstated and there's a reason he's kind of getting this big send-off that they had for him last night Absolutely. It's going to, it's going to be hard to replace him. Uh, Larry bird after the, after the game, they had this, they had this video of, you know, Dirk talking about all these guys that influenced his game. And he talked about Charles Barkley, Sean Kemp, Detlef Shrimp, Larry bird, Scotty Pippen. And so he talked about all those guys and they had these videos of highlights of all those guys and Dirk talking about them. And then all of a sudden at center court, it was, it was dark on the court and they put a light on Charles Barkley, Sean Kemp, uh, Detlef Shrimp, Larry Bird, and Scottie Pippen. They were all there. And they all said these tributes about, you know, about Dirk. And one thing that Larry Bird said was, I always tell people that you want to go in and leave the game better than you found it. And Dirk has done that. And just, oh, man. <laughs> that, yeah, just kind that of really pull, gets to you all as, as sudden, a fan people are just, just a lover of Dirk. Chopping onions everywhere here. Also, Good for Detlef Shrimp for getting in on that and being listed in the names that you just said there. Like one of those things, like I like him. One of those things he's is still German. not he's, like he's the a German other. Player, so yeah, Dirk, no, no, Dirk of course. Loving him. But <laughs> it's kind of funny. So the other, <laughs> the other player that had their final home game was, of course, Dwayne Wade with the Miami Heat. And this was a big one, too. Not as much maybe uh, celebration for him, but Wade going out with 30 points on the night, too. Kind of cool that both those guys, who are really tied together in certain ways, both had 30 in their final games. Dwayne Wade, kind of the heart and soul of that Miami Heat team, 
even though he left for a little bit, ended up back there. This was big, too, because both these guys are obviously first ballot Hall of Famers. Dirk, with the foreign influence in the NBA, is huge. But Dwayne Wade's kind of also part of that player empowerment movement and one of the first guys that kind of realized you can team up with these other players, create a super team that's kind of ushered us into the NBA that we're currently in. So this is incredibly important, too. So now that he's retired, you feel a little bit better about Wade? (laughs) <laughs> the Mavs fans do not. They do not no. feel better, <laughs> better about Wade or not. I, I am in neutral to Wade. I think that some of the things he's done is kind of been attention grabbing with his one last dance and his whole, you know, tour shirt shirts and all that stuff and just hyping it all up and trying to create your own hype. I don't think is is uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I prefer the way that Dirk did it, where he literally just didn't say anything, didn't even say he was retiring and just kind of let it all happen naturally. That's when awesome moments like the Doc Rivers tribute happens when he, you know, when the game was still going on, starts a chant on the PA mic. And you you want that to happen in your career. You don't want to have to create your own hype. Don't be your own hype, man. <laughs> you don't have to be that. But it was, it was great to see Dwayne Wade end it with Miami. I mean, he he left and went to Chicago and went to Cleveland and did all that. And he came back. I'm glad that he was there for Miami. Glad, uh, man, you were talking earlier about the tributes to, to Dwayne Wade. That video it was a Budweiser commercial but but it was still it's good though like it's very weird it's effective and it's it was a little odd that it was ends up being a commercial but that was that was effective and it's like tugging on the heartstrings and it's like (laughs) I'm gonna miss a lot of these guys I really am and not having them in the NBA and uh, look I get the I get the thing with Dirk just kind of doing it naturally it was like when Kobe kind of went on the retirement tour but I think people like this and some people want to see it so if they know maybe it gets them out to the arenas to see them play uh, you know at least one last time and make sure they don't miss them where otherwise maybe they do but both these guys hugely important I love Dwayne Wade because I remember back in 06 I think I was a sophomore in college and I bet a friend at the time for the finals that it was going to be the Miami Heat in six games and it was something like a $50 bet which when you're in college is a ton of money it's a lot it's a lot of money and so when they went down oh two my friend said you know if you just pay me $40 I'll let you out of this or 30 or something like that and spitefully I was like no I'm gonna go down with this ship and then somehow they came back and of course won that series so I love Dwayne Wade because of that now I was pretty drunk that night it happened and I think called my dad to celebrate me winning like a $50 bet which was probably the first time he ever heard me drunk so Dwayne Wade creating just <laughs> awkward moments in my life moment now. in your family yeah see brought my dad it, I probably pushed us further away from each other I don't know or closer together uh, so that's my Dwayne Wade story, I guess, as I get super personal here on the podcast. <laughs> I did not expect to learn about the time Jake Madison called his dad drunk for the first time. That's not so, something I expected to learn about you today. No, I don't. I, don't, I my, my girlfriend's here in the room with me and she's staring at me uh, as she's working. So, yeah, I don't think she was expecting to hear that either. So, yeah. Eddie, so do you have any lasting Dirk memories or Wade memories? Oh, lasting Dirk memories. There's so many. There's one I told on the, on the podcast the other day. Um, I was standing in the hallway after a, a game last season and Dirk was, you know, still in the locker room and there's two fans that were standing there and they're standing with a PR person and th- they do this a lot that, that they get player, they get fans from, from everywhere that fly in from all sorts of places. These, these guys either flew in from the Philippines or Japan. I can't remember, but they flew all the way here just for this one game. They were going to see Dirk. One kid had a, a Dirk jersey. The other guy was just there in a jacket. And Dirk comes out. And <laughs> Dirk comes out, and this guy puts his hands over his face, like kind of like the Home Alone kid, but more just, just in awe of Dirk and just looked at him as if he was this mythic, 
godlike <laughs> figure, like almost if he had seen the face of God. And Dirk responded to him so warmly and just was, you know, such an awesome person to him. And uh, Charles Barkley even said it tonight. He said that, that Dirk is the best person alive, the nicest person alive. And Dirk just treated every single fan that way and was, was very disrespectful to that kid and, uh, you know, signed everything and was there. And the, the kid couldn't even get words out, but Dirk was still kind of trying to interact. And Dirk could have been totally awkward about it and been like, okay, well, you're not saying anything, so I'm just going to walk away. But he was just so great to him. And seeing Dirk interact with the fans like that literally every single time, no matter how they treated him, was just, it was just amazing. And uh, he's a great human being, a great person a great ambassador and the fact that he wanted to leave the Mavericks better than they, he found them and he he stuck around now they have Luca and Borzingis and they have this bright future and now he's he's heading out it just makes it all the better yeah it's it's definitely going to be uh, you know a, a loss for the league as a whole without both of these guys so happy retirement to them we're going to miss them certainly next year is it's going to be a different NBA without those two in it So that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on NBA podcast. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on NBA. As always on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I am Nick Angstead. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit, and you can follow me uh, at Locked on Mavs. You can listen to the show Locked on Mavs. Me and Isaac Harris will be there with all the inside stuff about Dirk's final home game. You can also follow my videos on Free Dawkins. I do the breakdowns. Just go to the playlist section and uh, look up NBA breakdowns. I have a whole bunch of good ones on there. Just did one on James Harden and whether he is cheating the NBA. Thank you all for listening. David Locke on tomorrow with a playoff preview as the seeds will be set so we get you set for everything.